this is what I'm really passionate about with people is saying that, because I think I think what's held a lot of people back our nation and where we've been, not apathetic, but apathetic to a certain extent, is that we do think one voice doesn't matter or one letter doesn't matter or one share, and irregardless of politics, guys, like for whatever, you know, sticking up to a bully, I'm just one person, whatever it is, it's that whole mindset of like, well, how can I make a difference if I'm just one person? And that's just BS. It's like, no, you can have such a significant impact. Your voice so matters. No matter what, speak up, take the step, you know, write the book, do whatever you want to do. Like it's so, you, it's just so worthy to speak up, to press play, to go live, to whatever. And it's, it's not just one voice, it's you're part of this beautiful collective um, collective voice essentially that, that wants to hear from you, that needs to hear from you. Welcome to Not Just Your Average Millennial Podcast. I'm Dimity, your not so average host. Together with some incredible guests, I share with you the life-changing lessons I've learned from remarkable places, people, and books. My deepest wish is that by you listening in every single week, that you too decide that you're not so average, that you just start doing more cool stuff, make outrageous plans, or even launch that business idea you've been waiting on for so long. Whatever it is that your heart is desiring right now or called to do, I know for sure that you're just not average. So let's dive in. He's someone who is... She's just fire is the one word. And ironically, we're going to be speaking around the bushfires and climate change. So we'll get into that. But she is truly fire. She is passionate. She is someone who I've admired as a friend for the last four years. And let's be honest, she is someone who has worked um, so tirelessly hard to create a world for herself um, in which she just wants to thrive and she wants to see other people thrive. And the reason why I wanted to jump on here today with her and get her to speak on this topic is because she worked in federal politics. And this is a very random career for most human beings. Um, Most people would want to stay away from this, especially as millennial. Um, But this is something so unique and uh, it's her superpower is that she just is really passionate about politics. She did, however, leave politics almost seven years ago to build her own online business in network marketing and has absolutely thrived in that. She loves challenging the status quo and absolutely throwing herself into two professions that she has both, um, she calls it polarizing opposites um, and some some industries that have been very misunderstood, politics and network marketing, and she just is a voice for both of them, which is why we're going to jump on here. She's a passionate speaker, and to be honest, she spoke around events internationally, um, across Australia. She's a huge advocate for self-love and uh, a self-confessed, ready for this, my favourite part, champagne and hot (laughs) chip queen. (laughs) So, Anna Richards, thank you so much for jumping on here today and having a little chin wag with us. Thank you, beautiful Dim. It's funny, I'm just, I'm like sitting here laughing because I'm like, I could literally do that intro back right at you. And just now laughing like, thank you so much, beautiful. Introducing the Dim, who's phenomenal. I love you. You know how much I love you and I cannot wait to riff with you on this. Yeah. Uh, let's just drive into this. What got you started in politics? And I want to set the fr- uh, the framework because I want people to just write us out to the end of this podcast because on this podcast you're gonna list, you're gonna hear a lot of a lot of value you're gonna hear about climate change politics how what we can actually do um, we might even dive into online business and how you 
earning money is actually a phenomenal thing and how earning money and being okay with your money story is actually the number one reason for you to mobilize change. So stay with us. But yeah, how did you get started in politics, Anna? It's such a fun question because, and, and I, I love the name of your podcast, Not Your Average Millennial, because that, if you looked at me, I was turning 21 um, and I was, I've never been your average millennial. So I was, if you had a picture of who should enter politics or who you would think would enter politics, I was about as black to that white. So I was a rat bag. I loved clubbing. Like I was very, um, very opinionated, just, just wild, like a wild child, still am. Um, but what happened, and this is so important, so I'm always going to try and lace messages and lessons throughout this chat, um, is that I love people and I'm good at building relationships. And I was putting myself through a full-time university degree at the time, which we were just chatting about off screen, uh, in business, essentially, Bachelor of Commerce. And I needed a, a job closer to my university. I needed a little bit more flexibility because my job was super demanding. And because I had built such incredible relationships, relationships with my boss and with the client at this it was an accounting firm when I had the conversation with my boss that about this look I don't want to leave but here's my situation he said well you've got access to some of you know Perth at the time I lived in Perth Perth's leading businessmen uh, tell them they you never know it's not who you know it's not what you know beg your pardon it's who you know that's going to get you through the door so I just mentioned to them, I said, look, I'm, I'm looking for a new job. Um, you know, my skill set. I'm, I love people. I'm, you know, I don't know. I'm just, I, I'll do anything. Essentially. I had a real, um, can do attitude essentially. And it just happened to be an election time. And I, I, my, my then boss or like, no next boss, political boss was at a fundraiser, a political fundraiser and was just chatting to the different people there. And my name got dropped in two separate circles. Most people don't know this story. Um, but my name actually got dropped into separate circles when he had asked, uh, look, I'm looking for a young go-getter. Sorry. I'm looking for a young go-getter who, um, yeah, is looking for a job and that was me. And so he literally called the office the next day and said, hi, my name is, you know, who I am and uh, do you want to come and work for me? And I was like, sorry, I like quit everything. They're my texts. Um, Universe sending you deep messages of you yeah, amazing. Yeah, best friend. So, <laughs> um, and yeah, and, and he said, you know, do you want to work for me? And I said, well, who are you? And, you know, what party do you work for? And um, I, he laughed. I literally had that attitude. He said, you are exactly who I'm looking for. You, you, and I said, well, can I come meet you? And I went in and there was just so much synergy. And I said, yes, I had no clue what I'm doing. So I always say, say yes, figure it out later. Uh, I had absolutely no experience. The joke was, um, sorry, I'm just quitting everything and it won't quit. Um, Look what, this is what happens on live podcast recordings, guys. It's got to go with the flow. Yes. So. <laughs> ah, I'm like, put everything on Do Not Disturb. People are cracking my Do Not Disturb. Um, but yeah, I say yes and then figure it out along the way. And so said yes and yeah, the rest is history. I, was, I ended up being in that job for four years. Uh, and I only, and he used to always say, you know, ne you can never leave, you can never leave. And I used to say, I'll leave when I become cynical because I just was, I am the most optimistic. I'll always hold the faith. I'll always be positive always. I'm an incurable optimist, I say. And I used to say, because I wasn't 
I was not in that job to become a politician, whereas 95% of the staff are. They all want their boss's jobs. And I didn't. I just wanted to help people. And so I used to say, no, no, I'll leave when I get cynical. And I left when I got cynical. So, yeah, but now I always say I'm like, I went to sleep then for seven years. I built my business. I am extremely passionate about what I do. And I shut that entire part of me off. You know it, like you've heard me, I'm introduced on stages when I speak as ex-career in federal politics, but I shut it off. And I'm lucky or lucky for the politicians that have inadvertently woken the beast. And I'm always like, lucky for them, I'm lucky for them, they'll figure it out. But uh, I'm awake now and I'm, yeah, speaking up, I'm holding them accountable and I'm back. For those that don't know what you're referring to when they say they've woken the beast, uh, can you just share with everyone what happened about two weeks ago? And I want to actually wind it back to a really scary time in 2020, early when New Year's was happening. Um, I know that for my, my area, I am in and amongst bushfires consistently. Every year we are constantly surrounded by bushfires. Um, but what happened uh, about two weeks ago that literally woke the beast in me? The beast was woken when I was at a New Year's Day lunch with my incredible husband, Morgan, and I was perplexed and feeling helpless that I was watching our nation never move like I've seen them move before and speak up like I've seen them speak up before. Fearful and angry and, and wanting to put blame on someone for catastrophic bushfires that were ripping across our nation. And devastatingly, they were killing people, they were killing our wildlife, they were killing, they are still. Um, I believe it, fires have just kicked off again as we're speaking tonight in Eden. I'm sure still in the Blue Mountains where you are, Dim. Yeah, and uh, just if anyone doesn't know, there's also three uh, RFS um, that actually died today as well uh, as we record this podcast. So again, three more fires that just lost their life uh, because of these catastrophic fires. So... And that's just like a, huge. Oh, so that this, this was happening, these conversations. And I was watching just a nation not or try be grapple with the magnitude of what was happening. And, and kind of, I was saying to Morgan, like, I know how I can help. Like, I just feel like I've never in 30, I'm 32 almost in 32 years, but definitely the seven, eight, nine, 11 years that I've kind of been connected to politics. I have never and had never seen a nation so moved to speak up together at the same time about the same topic. And I said to Morgan, though, I just feel like the impact isn't landing because everyone was pointing their finger at one man, which was our prime minister, which I respect and understand because we want a leader. However, I was, I was saying to Morgs, change doesn't happen at the very top with just one man. It's it's 227 men and women who are elected politicians that have to speak up at the same time and we have to make them speak up. So I went live the next day. I, cause I've had a couple of wines at lunch and my rule is no, no stories if I've been drinking. Because <laughs> 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 um, I'm glad I didn't because, because. Uh, so I waited and then the next day I, I hit live on Facebook and then put it across to Instagram and, and just explained at its most basic level how legislative change occurs in Australia and why we desperately need it right now to um, mitigate some of the disastrous fires and why they're here, which is, you know, droughts and winds and, uh, yes, hazard reduction burning and all of that, but a lot of that's not happening because of the climate. So um, I just 
spoke up and I used my voice and I said, this is how we impact change. And you have your voice so matters and it does. And your voice is so significant and it is. And you need to write a letter and send it to your member so they know at that level that you, their constituents care. Uh, and, and I wrote the letter because I thought, let's just make it even easier. Uh, and consequently, I shut my phone off uh, and it went completely ballistically viral. So, yeah. I was like the number one Anna stalker for about four days. And she knows this because I kept on sending her updates. But I, I, I love that you, and I'm going to wind it back even further because I know I was speaking to you and you were like, you know what? It's not right timing for me. I don't want to speak up on this. Like I, I actually don't. I don't want the heartache that's going to come with the backlash. So what actually like clicked inside of you and made you change to want to actually have a voice? Yes. So no one knows that, Dim. So you've got all the cool backstory. So I, it was at that lunch, I was talking to morgues and I was um, becoming really emotionally attached to the notion that how I was raised, that if you know better, you should do better. And my mum went off my beautiful nana, um, and who was just a saint. And it was always just like, speak up. If you know better, do better. Um, and I just, I, I actually sat there on the first and I said to Morgs, I just have to have, and I, you know, read the book, The Courage to Be Disliked. And I said to Morgan, I, I fuck it, essentially. I, I'm going to have the courage to be disliked. Because, didn't you know, and I'd spoken to you about this. I'm like, oh, I know what needs to happen, essentially. But I was like, I just don't want to touch it. I, because... And this is where the purest of intentions came from that video and the consequent, you know, these podcasts and, and giving this a voice. I genuinely thought, and you know this, in my heart of hearts. Absolutely. Speak, speaking up on this topic and, and helping people mobilize or educating and empowering, that was my point. I would cop vicious. I honestly thought that. And people will be listening going, why? Why would you? Well, because it was a really, and it is a really sensitive topic. Look, we're talking about it tonight. I didn't know that. Three more incredible husbands, brothers, men have lost their life. Like it, it's such a sensitive, emotional, scary, devastating um, situation essentially. And I thought to give this a voice of here's what you can do when there can be such vast polarizing opinion on that. No, we should just be mad or no F you, let's just whatever protest. I just thought I don't want to antagonize any, anyone. I don't want to upset anyone. It wasn't my intention, but then I went back home. I watched a few more people get really upset. I was watching literally the nation become uh, sick to almost depression. So I feel that. <laughs> I was like, I have to, I have to pick up. Yeah. Sorry for all the phone calls and the phone binging and all of that sort of stuff going on tonight. Hectic live recordings. I tell you guys, but yeah, I love that you just totally took ownership of that. You, um, you're just wanting to speak up on a topic that you have uh, a voice to, a power to. I know for me, that's why I created Not Your Average Millennial because there's so many people like you out there, Anna, who have a passionate voice for something in particular who need to be heard. So what happened when you went live? What went viral? How, ma how many people saw this message? What was the, the after effects of what actually went down? So I, I think at this as of right now, so it's about two weeks later, the video has almost been viewed 400,000 times across both platforms. So what I think was most powerful, I think anyway, was that it, it went viral on both platforms at the same time. And, and it was 
And it's actually, it's so I actually want to speak to this because I haven't given this a voice yet. And this is how much I want people at the individual level to understand how powerful and significant and worthy their own individual voice is. So over on Instagram, so I shared it on Facebook first um, and no influence, maybe I haven't looked, I think a few have on Facebook, but predominantly the people that have shared it, I think it's been shared 5,000 times over there was just you and I, it was people like you and I, it was mums and dads and corporate professionals and single mums and single dads. It's just everyday human beings that, that saw it, resonated with it, sent the letter and, you know, passionately um, inspired their network to do the same. And that over on Facebook has been viewed. I think it's just about to hit three, 300,000 views essentially amazing which is phenomenal shared i think it was almost 5000 times and then and that was all happening which was incredible and then over on instagram it started to pick up and go crazy as well and over on instagram the the, the influencers if that's i mean i you know i don't like that word but they are human <laughs> beings i don't like that word i think we're all you know you're an influencer if you have 100 people that follow you and, and listen to what you say totally agree. Um, but the influencers um, were started, were sharing. I woke up and Lisa Messenger, who's a shero of mine, had emailed me. Um, Celeste, uh, well, she ended up sharing it, Celeste Barber, but um, the bachelors were sharing it. The bachelorettes were sharing it. Sophie Monk um, contacted me. Just unbelievable. I was like, this is insane. And then I think it was with two days of it being viral, then Celeste Barber, obviously, who's amazing and Australian, a freaking hero, um, shared it herself. And, and then it just continued to blow up. So, I mean, on, but the power of this that I want people to most understand is like, you know, Celeste had 6.5 million followers and she shared it to them. But Instagram, it's only been, I say inadvertent, only been shared, uh, uh, viewed 100,000 times. So with all that big power, the big influencer power, but just the mum and dad, the uni student, the single mum sharing it over on Facebook at the individual grassroots level, it has been viewed 400,000 times. Well, I could go into that topic so deeply, but we're just not going to. But I love that. You're, you're so right. Individual people have so much kick and so much power and probably more out of anything is just know that you're passionate if you are clear if you are uh, ready to take a stand for change people are going to get around you yeah exactly and that's like just to speak though to the influence level thing because this is what i am really passionate about with people is saying that because i think i think what's held a lot of people back our nation and where we've been not apathetic but apathetic to a certain extent is that we do think one voice doesn't matter or one letter doesn't matter, or one share, and irregardless of politics, guys, like, for whatever, you know, sticking up to a bully, I'm just one person, whatever it is, it's that whole mindset of like, well, how can I make a difference if I'm just one person? And that's just BS. It's like, no, you can have such a significant impact. Your voice so matters. No matter what, speak up, take the step, you know, write the book, do whatever you want to do. Like, it's so... You, it's you're so worthy to speak up, to press play, to go live, to whatever. And it's it's not just one voice. It's you're part of this beautiful collective um, collective voice essentially that that wants to hear from you, that needs to hear from you. I feel like singing in the background, like I can't sing for shit, but like we are one, yes! but we yes! are many. Yeah, okay, you probably all flicked off that because I'm a terrible singer. <laughs> 
but I, I really do feel that song because it's like we are just one individual but as Anna Richards has beautifully articulated is that we really are many together so I absolutely love that um and I just want to keep diving into this whole um this whole topic around having a voice being it taking a stand for your life being open to change um in the business sense. So we've talked about politics a little bit and I know we haven't really touched deeper. So if there's anything you want to really, really kick off and really uh, say anything more on that topic, please just let me know and uh, go for it. But I really want to jump into business and I really wanted to jump in the, into the money side of business. Um, and the reason why I wanted to jump into this is because I'm a huge believer and anyone that follows me and uh, has ever been on a any kind of conversation with me understands that I am a true believer in having money creates change. And if you don't have money, you don't create the massive changes. And it is actually the money um, along with the passionate people that want to do the changes and who want to be the, the people that um, maneuver our world. You need the income to do this. So uh, I just wanted to see if that you would lovely wanted to just talk and share around how you grew your money mindset and your thoughts and topics around how money can actually be a stimulant change for climate change climate change does that make sense yeah totally absolutely it does amazing amazing question i'd love to dive on this and it's something that it's you know it, it's all intertwined this is a conversation that can be so beautifully intertwined because what i saw happen with the bushfires was and i understand and i respect it and i um Oh, it was, it's, it's all been so sensitive, but I saw um, women and men, but I, you know, I do a lot of women empowerment, so I'm very just connected in that world. I saw a lot of women with small businesses or network marketing businesses or whatever shut down and as in not shut down, but just not feel like they couldn't show up online with their business whilst this was happening. And I was over here saying, no, 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 please continue to show up because you having your own financial oxygen mask on is what A, allows your world to thrive, of course, which is pivotal to everything, but B, it then it will allow you to then, you know, earn more to give more. It allows you to earn more to, sh to, to donate more. It allows you to put the oxygen mask if yours is firmly on, on everyone else. Um, and so we need money. And I think money is a beautiful, beautiful the dog's just behave, misbehaving. A beautiful, beautiful energy in the world um, that, that we all need at the end of the day. People say money doesn't make the world go around and money doesn't make you happy. No, but money absolutely empowers you to be financially secure, to make um, decisions of, from a place of abundance in your life and not lack and scarcity. So how, for me, I worked on my money mindset and how I, um, I suppose, came from... Uh, well, ch changed my life with it. Well, it was books. It was, it was, um, I'll have to give you it for the show notes, but there was a book, I think it's called The Abundance, Seven Rules of an Abundant Life. It's saying that book fundamentally changed my life because I was brought up in a home that um, 
what I mean, churches fed us, we had to eat out of date food. Um, often we, I went hungry a lot, like there was a lot of us kids and we, we just didn't have a lot of money. I was brought up that money is the root of all evil. Um, you know, money doesn't grow on tree, just all the mindset blocks that are what block us today. Um, and so I had to work really hard on that. And first of all, understand that uh, what was blocking me? So what were the deep-seated, rooted money blocks that I had? And it was all of them. I think there's seven core ones. This book sort of speaks to the seven main ones. There's thousands, but they can all be put under sort of seven core categories. Um, and I had all of them. And so even as I was doing better and as I was excelling in even my career, even in politics, I was earning phenomenal money at a young age. Um, I'd, I'd not lose it, but I'd spend it quicker than I got it. I, I was getting myself into debt. Um, I was doing all these kinds of things because I still had that money mindset. Uh, so I got to work on it. I, I identified my blocks. I changed my money story, literally. So I literally wrote a new story that, no money is my birthright. Um, money, you know, does good in the world, all those kinds of things. And then I spoke to, I spoke them into life. And this can sound woo-woo, like I'm obviously going to share this so people are like... We, we get very woo-woo on this, uh, and I, I <laughs> So I can have this conversation. Um, but I literally spoke that mindset into existence. Mm -hmm. um, and why for me, I believe... Um, then to sort of finish that off and loop that into that question of, of I suppose, I won't say it verbatim, but essentially how can financial, financial security uh, help climate change? The core foundational moment that wealth was spoken over my life and to the extent that I knew that I could make a very big impact um, if I did earn a lot of money. Now, I want to preface this actually by saying you can, you can be living in a tree house and be exceedingly happy and be doing your part for the environment. And that's beautiful and perfect and enough because everybody's just doing their best. So I don't want to say you, you have to have money. That's, we're not going to get into the argument. Um, but when for my experience and my, um, the moment that wealth was spoken over my life was I remember working in that accounting firm and my very first mentor walked in and he asked me how my day was. And I was really upset. I was really pissed off. I was really, um, oh, just depressed almost because at that time in the news, some uh, rainforests in Borneo were being cut down. And this man was exceedingly wealthy. All of them were that were, that were clients in this office. And he came in and said, how's your day? And I said, oh, I'm pissed off. You know, I should be chained to a tree in Borneo. They're cutting down. I was really upset. I'm like, you know, the, the orangutans are losing their habitat, which is so relevant today to this conversation because it's such a big, we've lost 60% of our wildlife in the last 50 years and it's declining at a rapid rate. So I said, I should be chained to this tree and I was 18 years of age um, in Borneo, and but I'm here dealing with, you know, men like you and he loved me. I, I, we had a good relationship. Um, so I said, you know, men like you who are earning what you're earning, and he said, well, you know what, young lady? How about this? Have you considered this thought? Instead of chaining yourself to the tree, which will probably just get you arrested and nowhere, ultimately, they'll clip the chain, they'll move you on, and they'll cut down the rainforest. How about you go and earn so much damn money that you just buy the whole rainforest? And I was like, you can do that? <laughs> I, was more, I was just more like, hang on. 
I, I was just completely inspired. And again, that does not mean that we all need to go and be absolute squillionaires and buy all the rainforest. If you have cut out meat as part of your um, personal pledge to climate action, that is brilliant and your best and enough. But my, where I want to come at this, and, and you ask the question, so it's like where I tie in this oxygen mask of wealth and financial security is that especially as a woman, because we are the nucleus of the family, because mine is on so firmly, I have the capacity, A, to show up and serve. I was able to write, like, you know, we have a successful business that I'm so proud of and pays us amazingly. And people were saying to me in my DMs, I had thousands of messages that I was replying to because I wanted to ensure that people, people had questions, you know, or their MP was replying or um, they were just confused or they needed a, a sprinkling of hope or they just wanted to hear from me. And I was replying and people were like, oh my God, you're replying, like, thank you. And I was, I said to Morgan, like, if I honestly was in a position where, you know, I was struggling and I had to go to this job that I hated, that wasn't earning me very much, that I had a boss to do, I couldn't have done that. I couldn't have served in the capacity that I have genuinely served in the last three weeks. It is actually 740, yeah, three weeks. Um, but I can do that and I've been able to keep this message mobilized and I've been able to give so much of myself physically so and financially in a sense because it has absolutely taken a lot of time out from our business um because i can because i i understand that money is a beautiful energy that i welcome into my life and i work very hard on that mindset and and that's what i empower people to do put their own oxygen masks on from that health perspective and that financial wellness perspective absolutely just got goosebumps throughout that whole thing because i love the way you 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 always share this story and I had no, I've known this story because, and it's why I wanted you to, to share it because I have heard it before where you did have that mentor um, and we all need a coach. We always need someone who is going to say, you know what, Anna, come with me. Let's do this. this is, let me show you another way. And so guys, I just really encourage you, if you don't have someone in your life who can show you another way, reach out to them. Both Anna and I, I'm sure we'd love to just be like, yo, hey, this is what we've done. This is how we've done it. I don't know if it's going to be for you, but come along with us for the journey. Like we, we need those mentors. So that was my point number one. Find yourself a mentor, whether that's you're pay, paying someone to, to coach you or you just need a, a, an awesome older sister that can just show you the ropes. <laughs> um, two is that oxygen mask uh, financially, because I think that is so critically important. I know that we spoke around how uh, a beautiful girlfriend of mine shared with me how she has a savings plan for 15 years before she's going to buy a house. Now, this almost gave me a heart attack uh, because everyone knows that I love to speak around money um, and how you can become ultimately rich and wealthy um, and do amazing things with that. Um, but it just really freaked me out that we're not having enough conversations around how important money really is for our health and for our mental state and how much change it can actually generate when good people have good money, they do great things. Exactly. And do you know what else? Even even to speak to the facts or even, you know, dig, digging further and digging deeper just on, on the question in terms of, of the impact that we can have when we have the finances or, the, or that oxygen mask on is that I've been speaking of some incredible, and you know, that I said to Morgs, oh, Oh, the real surprising gift of this 
sort of um, influx of new friends, I don't call them followers, but um, is that there's been some really emotionally intelligent men that have come into the conversation just on my posts, which is rare, hey, Dim, like super rare. Women empowerment, women passion. So, um, oh, but it's been such a beautiful conversation to be able to have with them. And But they are very, very wise, a, a bit older, and they're very passionate, this particular group, about renewable energy. And that's the synergy because so am I. Um, and, you know, I've been having chats with them on my, in, on my posts, in DMs, and a lot of them have been like, yeah, look, we've switched our entire energy source of the house across the solar. And I'm like, yeah, bravo, brilliant, well done. That's what we're passionate about. However, you've got to understand that not everybody has, because they were saying, you know, push that, you know, that should be the thing. And it should, absolutely. It's a big, it's the number one sort of um, carbon emission and our carbon footprint, essentially. Uh, which is a problem for the environment. And But I said, yeah, but the, the problem with that essentially is that we have to p- help people get the money first to be able to do that because a lot of people don't have that, the extra five grand to 10 grand to sometimes $15,000 to upgrade their energy source of their house. And, but imagine if we had the, that financial abundance and resource in our life, that if that was your choice to do, if that's what you wanted to do, you could do it. And that's what I love. Yeah, that's that's our business, right? That's that's something that I help people with because I'm like, well, that's available to you. It's available to any of us, but we just have to want it, own it, get to work on it. And I am such a fact dropper. Did you know, ready for this, mm-hmm. 150 millionaires are created a day in America. So if you don't think that you can earn income you really need to sit down and rewrite your income story because if 150 people per day in America can um, become a millionaire, so can you, Dal. That's phenomenal. I didn't know that. That's amazing. Fact dropper. Land <laughs> No, I love it. And I love this chat. And uh, look, to be honest, I, I think we can wrap it up here. We've talked so much around climate change politics. Is there anything, I've got a final question that I'm going to really ask you. That'll be the last one. But is there anything that you just know that whoever is listening to this and thank you so much for staying on here. If you guys have loved this episode, please go share it in your story. Tag at Anna Richards. That's right, isn't it? Anna Rose Richards. Anna wrote, I'll share it with you. <laughs> Anna Rose underscore Richards. And you I just, got, you'll find it, but anyway. Yeah, <laughs> um, or and tag me, obviously, Dimity at uh, Dimity, I don't even know my own tag, at dot, Dimity, oh God, at Dimity dot Edwards, um, and you'll be able to find us. So please share in the conversation. Keep this, um, share with someone this, this conversation who really just needs an extra voice, who needs uh, that reassurance of like, I don't know what to do. I feel helpless. Like I want to be able to help in climate change. If that is someone you know, send them this podcast because maybe they're going to pick up something from this episode that's going to really change their life, whether that is that they can write a letter of legislation, whether that is that they can earn an abundant amount of money or whether that is it is okay to have a voice and you do have a voice in this world so maybe they're just looking for something that this podcast episode can provide yeah beautiful did you want to drop anything before we finish off no I always say no and then I'll say (laughs) I just think it exactly what you said that we are I, I said this on an earlier podcast today but that we are I truly believe we are at a critical point in history positively there's a lot of fear I understand that and I see it and I feel it but I think that the way to rise above that is is the light and the positivity and the optimism. And I think that, I mean, I've said it 
before, but I want to say it again, that it, and you said it just now, but it's like your voice truly does matter. And, and this is when you're being called to use it and you're being asked to rise up and you're being called to play a bigger game and, and be a part of the conversation about what we can do positively for our environment. And whether that is the personal pledge for a small climate action daily, you know, turning the lights off or um, for me, it was buying the keep cup that, you know, I know it sounds ridiculous. I drink so much coffee and I didn't have one, but we own a keep cup now. Like that's on that micro level, but at the macro level, the government does set the rules and, and they're not elected leaders. They're elected followers. They follow what, what, what's going to get them the votes where the vote are. So you have so much, um, capacity to play a big game when it comes to this from that legislative perspective if you haven't sent the letter please send the letter uh and yeah just know that you are significant your voice matters and we have to just keep this message mobilized it's too important to not so thank you for having me thank you for being on here and my final question for you my favorite question to ask on every episode we're ready for it yes do you remember the person who you were before the world told you who you should be? Do you know I do? And can I say that I'm sort of the opposite of that, whereas I am now who I am. Like, I am exactly who I am, but I wasn't. I was the girl who the world told me to be before I stepped into this woman. Oh, goosebumps. Yeah. So I was, I was a timid, um, I felt unworthy. I thought my voice didn't matter. Um, I was broken. I was beaten. I was, um, I had no confidence. I just, I, I was an angry, low, low self-worth girl. Um, but I knew everyone's got a spark within them. And I just little by little by little love myself enough to do the work to show up little by little by little. Um, and now I am exactly who I am. So yes. I, I love the change in perspective that you put on that. So thank you. <laughs> and that's what I love most about you is that you just flip shit on the head and you just <laughs> fucking rock it on your own cause. So thank you, Anna Richards, for jumping on here, guys. If you did love this episode, it would absolutely mean the world to both of us if you just share this with one friend, share this with someone who, you know what, wants to do that little bit extra for the environment, who wants to find out how they can actually have their, their voice matter. Um, it would really mean the world to us to share this on your stories so more people can listen to how they can actually mobilize this incredible movement and that these people who have sacrificed so much, who have lost so much, who have literally given up, oh, I can't even, literally hits my heart, given up so much can never be forgotten and that we really do make an impact to, to change this world because it really needs us right now. It does, more than ever. Love you. Bye, thank you for being on here. Until next time. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Not Just Your Average Millennial Podcast. If you loved this episode, don't forget to tag me in your Instagram stories or maybe you're even up for leaving a five-star review of the show. No matter what, follow this podcast on Spotify and subscribe to it on iTunes. It would really mean the world to me. And like always, go out there and start living an action-orientated, not-so-average lifestyle. Big love.